0: You're tuned into an episode of JK, but seriously, real football injury talk. Welcome back to week three of JK, but seriously, real football injury talk where myself, Kevin Sam and my friend Josh Boyd uh, talk about some of the injuries and illegal hits that happen around the NFL to start conversations on how we can preserve the game of football and to preserve the health of the athletes who play it. Uh, today we're going to start off by talking about uh, an injury to Darren Sproles, uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, who suffered an ACL and a broken arm on the same play. So Josh,
1: can you take us through that play? Yeah, no uh, no, no problem. Uh, opening drive, injuries from this week, uh, especially the more uh, offensive, offensive guys have some fancy implications. Uh, yeah, so Sproles tore his ACL and broke his forearm wrist, I think. Uh, on the same play. Um, if you look at it, it seems kind of innocuous. Um, and it was kind of weird at the time because like, he went down. He was holding his knee, and then he ended up. It was one of those where he like walked off the field. He was gingerly, but he was able to walk off the field on his own power. He's walking off the field, and then he's holding his arm. So, um, and it came out right after the game. He didn't come back in the game. This happened early. I think it was in the first quarter. It came out right after the game. They broke his wrist. The X, obviously the X ray. X rays come back a lot quicker. Um, and he just guy kind of got kicked after he got tackled which was so like the the defender like tackled him low he was kind of sliding they're both stopping and like it wasn't a bad acl he's, he's just planted and he like kind of buckled towards acl and like as the guy was like swinging past him like his leg kicked up behind him and rolls <laughs> arm was out and he just kind of like got a heel to the wrist and he broke his wrist on the same play
0: so it was the contact from the defender's leg that broke his wrist, not like land, like no, landing he didn't. No, his, he his, kind of fell his, backwards. His, yeah, his arm,
1: bit. his arms were in the air. He broke his wrist from. I, I'm pretty sure it was the contact with the defender's
0: leg. And the ACL, was it the same side that the, the contact was initiated on? His right
1: side. Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure it was the same side. Same arm, same leg. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I, I mean, you know, the. For the listeners, you could check out the website and the video will be there.
1: Yeah, this one will be up online.
0: Uh, but I couldn't tell if it was like a contact-related ACL injury because he kind of got hit on
1: that yeah. side. So. Yeah, I think it definitely played and played an played a role the, the the contact of it. But it's funny just because the not funny. I feel bad saying it's funny, but the link that we have to the GIF of the injury itself um, is just from the one of these Twitter doctors there's like the main NFL Twitter doctor oh, okay. who like is well known for like as soon as someone gets hurt he'll put the video up explain it and predict just for like the fans purposes what the injury is and how long they'll be out for cuz it, it usually doesn't come out for the teams cool. until later he's he, he's an actual doctor he's not like a uh he's not like Dr. Ratz no yeah he's an actual doctor but he's Calls himself the football Twitter doctor or something. So I wonder where he gets the videos from. He, I guess they just screen grab it off TV. I don't know, but, um but so he was showed the injury of the Sproles video with the GIF, and at the time, because he did it right when it happened, so at the time he was only talking about the, the forearm. Broken wrist injury. And he was like, good news, Eagles fans. Broken wrist, but broken wrist, you will be back in six weeks. And then – because he didn't even – you can see it now that his knee like kind of slightly buckles. Right. But, like, he had no idea. And they didn't say anything about it at the time because they just said he wasn't going to come back in the game because of an arm injury.
0: Interesting. I mean, yeah, that's a double whammy. Suck fest for that one. Um, but a couple of other things I noticed from that hit that caused the, that injury is I feel like the defender came in, like, blind – Like, he kind of just, like, threw himself out there, didn't make an attempt to, like, wrap up, just kind of, like, launched himself. Um, Not that that maybe led to the injury itself, but, I don't know, I felt like he was kind of exposing himself to injury at the same time. Uh,
1: Next injury up is uh, Melvin Gordon running back for the LAC, old S-S-D-C. LAC, it's a new abbreviation, Los Angeles Chargers.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's the old San Diego really, Chargers. I know. That really threw me for a loop there.
1: L-A-R, it's the same thing. You go L-A-R, L-A-C. So Melvin Gordon for the Chargers, he he went out uh, I think like twice yesterday with a knee injury. He hurt his knee at the very end of last year too. Um, same thing with the next guy, Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin, but So he went out with a knee, came back, and then he ended up only coming back for two plays and then set out the rest of the game. So I don't know how serious it is, but uh, it was the same knee that he hurt last year um, towards the end of the year. So um, he was a big – they're obviously he's their best running back and he's a guy that everyone has in their fantasy team. So it will be interesting to follow that along this week and see uh. See you remember what his, his injury was be. last year? I think it was an MCL uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, it was it was like a non-surgical yeah, injury. Yeah, it was like week sixteen or week seventeen. It was it was it was really late last year. All but, right. And then Kelvin Benjamin, wide receiver for the Panthers. So last week we talked about Greg Olson, uh tight end for the Panthers. Um one of Cam's favorite targets, broke his foot and he's he's out for at least eight weeks. Benjamin this week, he's our number one wide receiver. Big, big dude, 6'5", 6'6". He tore his ACL in 2015, so he played all of last year. Missed the previous year with the torn ACL that happens in training camp. And we have a video of this one up online. Um, it wasn't a horse collar, but it was along the same similar lines where he got pulled down from, from behind. behind yeah. yeah, not really inside the shoulder pads, but, I mean, he still got pulled down from behind. And I, like, it's just the – your average corner in the NFL is going to be 5'9", five, 5'10", five, smaller. And, of course, bringing down a receiver that's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, it happens sometimes. So he got pulled down from behind by – again, not by inside of his shoulder pads, but from behind, and he just got his leg caught under him. It was the same leg that um, he had the ACL on. They said it's not serious, um, but they're still doing more tests. So it will be interesting to see, um, especially what the Panthers are going to do now. They got beat up pretty good by the Saints yesterday. Cam looked not good. Um, they're and he's run out of targets, run out of guys to throw to. You think
0: that's why he's not doing well?
1: Supposedly he's hurt too, so he didn't he didn't play most of the preseason. He had he had, he's having shoulder problems, um, and they they've said it. It's been a it's been a public thing that he was dealing with shoulder issues, um, and that he wasn't he didn't have the same zip on the ball, and they they held him out a lot of stuff in in the preseason and in, in training camp. And he just he doesn't look right. Cause like two three years ago he was a freaking stud.
0: And I feel like he's just slowly declined. Well, he's get he those headshots last year. That was a big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's uh from from him as a quarterback. He it's on the same lines as like the Robert Griffin the third and that type of quarterback. Where I mean, th- when a couple of years ago when Cam when they went to Super Bowl, I mean he carried the ball a ton and, and like designed quarterback runs, especially in like goal line situations, third and short situations. They just Snap him ball in the shotgun and run a quarterback sneak or a quarterback sweep around around the end and it, it exposes him to a lot of a, a lot of hits to so his shoulder to his head. Um, and as a quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback, it comes a point where he's been in league five six years. I mean, they want him to play till his mid to late thirties, like a Roethlisberger, Manning, Rivers, Brady, those type of guys. But if you're going to play the way that he was playing two three years ago, I mean, he's not going to make it to thirty. You know, so. It's one of those things where he was never the most accurate passer, but he made up for it. But he made up for it with just and being an athlete and being a football player, and that that's how they won games. He, I mean, he wasn't sitting sitting back there throwing the ball forty five times a game and throwing for three hundred yards. Um, he was running it. They were using play action, and he was hitting big plays like that. So they really have tried to change the way their offense works, and that's one of the reasons why they drafted McCaffrey we we talked about a few weeks back um to try to take some some of the pressure off Cam trying to do everything himself especially running the ball but they didn't look very good yesterday so yeah, but at the same time now you lose your best receiver your best tight end your best weapon of Cam as a runner now what do you have left Not so at, yeah.
0: we'll see if he has to start running the ball more
1: yeah it, it will be interesting to see if they kind of i don't know i, I It's one of those things where once you make that decision, usually you just live with it, and that's kind of what the Redskins did with RG three. Like once you make the decision to change and say, "All right, we don't want you to run run anymore, or we're not gonna." You can still run if you need to, but we're not gonna call up these designed quarterback runs for you. It's really hard to go back the other way and just say, "Eh, "Screw this! This isn't working." We gotta. Yeah, you actually suck at this,
0: so you should probably go back to do what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next injury up is Doug Baldwin, a yeah. uh, wide receiver for Seattle.
1: So, the, the next two injuries were somewhat minor. So, Baldwin left the game yesterday in the fourth quarter with a groin. Lots of groins. Yeah, groins. Just a soft, soft tissue injury. This is Tomlin says all the time soft tissue. Um, he actually had a really good game yesterday. He 10 catches over 100 yards, a touchdown. They were losing a lot in the second half, so they had to uh, throw the ball a little bit. We have a lot more Seahawks talk later in the podcast, uh, especially Richard Sherman. But Getting me all fired up. Um, so th- this is supposedly not – it's not supposed to be super serious again, um, but it's just something to follow later in the week. Um, Seattle, their offensive line, has been struggling a lot. Russell Wilson's been struggling. Um, they finally put up some points this week. Well, if your offensive line's struggling, then usually every, quarterback's yeah, going to be struggling. Exactly, so. and that was there was a direct correlation there. But so Baldwin just had he was having a really good game. So we'll see see how that uh, comes across this week. And uh, last one, Gerald McCoy of Hard Knocks fame. I think anyone who watched Hard Knocks this year with the Bucks, it, it's hard to say that McCoy wasn't the your favorite guy on there. He was hysterical. His awesome personality. I'm not an HBO
0: subscriber, so what what made him so he's just funny?
1: Oh, he's just hysterical. He was just hysterical. He's just like an average dude who's just really, really good at football. But um he just acts like he acts like anybody else that you'd be friends with. Yeah. You know? Um there's a lot he was he's, he's he definitely stole the show. Um just from a social standpoint, but uh, he he had an ankle injury coming into the game yesterday against the Vikings. Uh, He left the game, I think, again, twice uh, with an ankle, and they got beat up pretty good by the Vikings yesterday, um, even without Sam Bradford, Uh, and he's like, he's the anchor of their defense. He's their nose tackle, uh, three technique, and he just blows everything up, stops a run, gets after the passer, and when he's out, Their their defense was going to struggle, which I think was uh, some of the reason why they did struggle yesterday. So, but it's pretty much those are the 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 biggest injuries, the ones with the most fantasy implications, the ones with the most game implications directly. So that's what we had had going on yesterday in the injury world.
0: Nice to see that it wasn't. I mean, if you feel bad for the guys who did get hurt, like sproles and are out for a yeah while, it's a,
1: there's always going to be one guy a week who's going to get a and that's that that's a crazy thing with football and it, especially doing the podcast like you realize like okay guys get hurt every week it's football but like when you go back through and like look at it and you're talking about it there's one guy every week who's out for the year yeah it's crazy and it's just so st- – What other occupation is like that? You know, like you, th- you think about it, like that's just the saddest part for me. is like these guys work so hard all off season, And, like, I'm always amazed how good they are with it. I know it's probably just tougher for them inside and they put on a good face to the public. I know a like, good podcast they can listen to to help them get through <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but like, they go through the whole training camp, all off offseason, prepare for the season, and then two weeks in, three weeks in, one week in. Eric Berry the first week, one week in. Done. And they're out for the whole season. And yeah. they and they talk about it, and they always – they're come back better than ever, and most of the time they do. But it's just like I'd be so frustrated. Yeah. I'd just sit on the couch and probably get fat <laughs> like I got hurt.
0: Come on, Josh. You're better than that. Yeah. All right, moving on to week two finds. So we got Buster Skrine, uh from the Jets. Helmet-to-helmet hit on DeAndre Washington. Uh, did you see this hit?
1: No, I didn't see either of these. So there was two. Uh, unnecessary rough it, roughness helmet to helmet finds from last week, from week two. One, uh, screen from the Jets, the one Kev was just talked about, and there was another one, uh, Chris Conti from the Bucks on a uh, Bears wide receiver. So, I, you, we try so hard to find these things because if we're going to talk about them, we want to find at least a gif of them so we can put them up and talk about it and see them. Um, Especially the ones that are fined. You like, you should think there'd be somewhere, but we look on the internet and you just can't find.
0: It's uh, yeah. You could you could search Google a million different ways and you're never gonna find it.
1: And a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is uh, NFL copyright stuff. So like, it's easy to find an article about. Like, you can find ten articles about uh, Chris Conte got fined for X hit on X wide receiver at X point in the game, but there's just no visual evidence that goes along with it. I I think the NFL has a lot of control over that. Um, and obviously they're not just like I said, from the copyright rule and copyright infringement, they're not allowed to put up highlights without the NFL's consent. and I'm sure the NFL isn't consenting to show these find hits and just spread them out all over the internet for people to find.
0: Well, they used to promote them widely with uh, jacked up segments on Monday Night Football or whatever. Right? I used to love Jacked up. I, I'm gonna be honest I did too. When
1: I had when I had a I, that's, Jacked up was probably in. Middle school, maybe we were probably in high school. school. Was it? Was it? I I remember watching it freshman year in college. Really? And made it that long?
0: That was that was the end of it though.
1: I thought I thought it didn't make it that long, but so when when I guess when I was in high school, then I had an old VCR in my basement, and every time Jacked Up would come on, I would record it, and I had a VHS tape of like a year and a half of only Jacked Up segments. You still have it? It's probably worth some money. I know. I don't think I have it anymore. It's probably long gone. Probably get thrown in jail for doing anything with it though. Probably the NFL would probably hunt me down, but it was, and like that was the time when like the big hits were. That was awesome. Like, That's what
0: what made football. Every single yeah.
1: one of those was probably a concussion. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh,
0: the other thing I was thinking is in the NHL, don't they have like they have this their own health and safety committee, and like with illegal hits, they like review them every week. Like they post videos and say like this is why this was a, yes. a, a you know, a penalty. Yeah. So. Why doesn't the NFL do something similar? Uh, they,
1: they might internally, and they might just not publicize it. I don't know for sure. Um, but it's definitely not a public thing. Uh, uh, it, that would be – it's a, I mean, they should do that with a lot of – like, they should do that with catch rules, you know? Um, if I know baseball does that a lot with every time that there's a replay review in baseball, whether it's a challenge or whether it's an umpire review um, established review there's a twitter handle that's associated with major league baseball that links a clip of the play what the call was and why it was stood or why it was overturned
0: that would make our for, job really easy for for
1: every single replay review i mean the nfl doesn't even do that for re, for replay reviews but like I mean that would help. I mean that would help everybody. Like if there's if there's an NFL sanctioned website that this play was ruled a catch, it was reviewed and it was ruled determined that it wasn't a catch for this reason. I mean it helps for it would help for from a from a fan's perspective from from the sport and it would really help for your type your penalties from the standpoint of unnecessary roughness and helmet right. helmets teaching and, the players like yeah.
0: this is exactly why yeah. this person is getting fined
1: from a player safety standpoint like. And this, highlight the good hits yes. too. This was called a penalty on the field for this reason, and show and show the picture of it, uh, or like, the ones we talk about that we feel were good hits. This is a this was not thrown a penalty. There was no penalty on this play. This is why this was a clean hit. Maybe we should email the NFL.
0: I don't think they would respond to us. I'm gonna be honest. It so, was, it's it was, a
1: legitimate thing.
0: I, I think the thing with the NFL. Not, I'm not saying they're hiding anything or they're not hiding – or they are.
1: But I think their lack of transparency yeah. is with like – But that's with everything. They're not just not transparent yeah. with injuries. They're not transparent and with they're anything. always
0: reactionary to everything. They never, like, come out as, like, the leader or the forefront in, like, anything. They're mm-hmm. always like, oh, shit, like, yeah, we should probably say something about this to – You know, like, it's always like putting a Band-Aid on something. It's never, mm-hmm. like, being – the Leader to make a change in the world, you know.
1: Nope, I completely agree. Before we move on to the next one, though, was just the one I kind of got strayed from uh, the fine. So, the one fine, the Chris Conte fine, I, I, like I said, we couldn't find it, but there is uh, in one of the articles about it, um, there was a quote from him that basically said, If you're playing safety in the NFL, you're going to get fined. And it was like, Yeah, I don't agree with it. I'm going to appeal it. Again, I didn't see the hit, so I can't like, comment on how egregious it was. He said he's gonna appeal it, but then he also said, uh, if you play safety in the NFL, you are gonna get fined. So it's like a NFL player basically saying, um, I don't feel like I need to change how I play, even though I'm getting fined. Um and it's just like
0: it's not taking ownership. Yeah.
1: It's like uh, it's one of those things that I'm I'm gonna play the way I play and if it happens, it happens and I'll get fined. And it's he he's he basically makes it sound like the NFL's at fault rather than himself for for finding these guys for 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 hits
0: right i'm a big uh jacko willink uh guy who's a former navy seal he wrote a book called extreme ownership i talk a lot about it on the podcast all the time and if you're a leader in any kind of industry no matter what the hell you you're doing you can never place blame on someone else like you need to own up to your mistake because at some point in time like there was probably something that you could have done to like own up to that mistake or you contributed to in some way, but by just deflecting, yeah, the completely, blame,
1: completely, it's ignorant throwing to, it in off.
0: my mind. Yeah, and you're just wasting your money. So, mm-hmm. and who knows? There might be a day when he's gonna wish that he didn't have that uh, twenty-four thousand dollar fine from yeah. making a hit that he could have done differently. Can do a lot with
1: twenty-four thousand dollars.
0: You're telling me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. Plays to from this week. Plays from this week that. It started off pretty quickly on the Thursday night game. Um, we we had uh, the Jimmy Ward safety for the 49ers hit on Robert Woods, and we have a, a, a gif of that, right? Yeah,
1: so we'll link that one too. Um, and it's basically slot receiver for the Rams running a slant around in the red zone right around the goal line, caught the ball like at the 8. And so the corner's not that deep – or the safety's not that deep. He's right up in it. And – it's one of those ones where the receiver catches it on the slant and almost immediately kind of turtles up, so his head sinks. But at the same time, the the guy Ward on the 49ers. It's one of those ones we talked about. His eyes are in the ground. His helmet's first, and the majority of the contact is shoulder to helmet. But I mean, he's just—it's right. one of those ones where you're long. He didn't even launch, but he's leading with the crown of his helmet, and that's one of the one—the ones that they're gonna fly. They're gonna, yeah, they're I gonna flag. Th-
0: this one was tough for me. Usually, I'm obviously very critical of all this stuff, but when I watched this hit, I, honestly I was like I kind of felt bad for the safety in some way. The only thing that he did wrong in my eyes was he he tackled blindly like yeah. he was looking at the ground he wasn't looking at the receiver uh-huh. but the thing is like he didn't launch himself uh-uh. he didn't he led with his shoulder, not yeah. with his head uh, to me it, it was more
1: uh, it looked, a it result and it looks really bad and it's one of those ones where it's bang bang, it's fast and the receiver. He tur, like I said, he turtles up, and the contact gets made around his head and neck area, whether it's shoulder, right. the defender's helmet, whatever it is, and he really s- snaps back.
0: To me, that was more of a result of the receiver turtling than it was, and I can't blame him for turtling because he's You're going about over the to middle. get his head cut off. Yeah, yeah, so like I get it, but yes. I think that was more of a result of the turtling than it was, yeah. like. Uh, you know him trying to like inflict pain
1: on. on yeah. someone. I'll be interested to see if that one gets fined this week. Yeah, so we'll have an we'll have a to make a follow up. Yeah, we'll have to make a note to star that one and 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 see if that gets fined uh, this week, and we'll have that we'll have an update for you next week. All right, uh,
0: then we have a pass breakup versus uh, Michael Crabtree in the fourth quarter. Uh, can you explain that one? Yes, yeah, so that was
1: a Sunday night game last night, the Raiders and the Redskins. And I thought it was a, re- a good example of a safety, kind of like we talked about, not launching, hitting in the right target area and breaking up a pass. So Crabtree was um, close to the left sideline and working back towards the middle of the field on 20, 25-yard route. Um Ball was a little bit overthrown, high above his head, so he extends up, arms over his head, um, and he just leaves. I his mean, whole has body shiver. exposed. You leave yeah. your whole body exposed, which is tough, but it kind of comes comes with the position. Um, and the safety for the for the Redskins comes in, completely avoids his head. His head is doesn't even make contact anywhere on Crabtree, and it was just straight shoulder to the middle of the numbers. Um, I think Crabtree ended up leaving the game for a series or two um, with a rib injury because of it, but. It was it was a really good example of a, how you can do of it. a clean pass breakup. He didn't launch shoulder right in the middle of numbers. Crabtree dropped the ball.
0: Right, and we discussed this before. It's similar to the, Jordy, the hit on Jordan Nelson from last season in the playoffs uh, when they were playing the, the Giants. And I did two po- full podcast yeah. episodes Very about this Very similar play. Yeah. Right, and that that was my, my beef with the whole hit was because, like, just as easily as you stuck your face in his ribs, you could have easily stuck it to the side yeah. and hit with your shoulder. And he and might had have, the same result. And he might
1: have still gotten hurt, you know? Yeah, exactly. He might have still gotten hurt, but at the same time, it's – it's a much more, it becomes a much more football play then.
0: Right. And to me, if you're using your helmet to
1: initiate contact, you're using your helmet as a weapon. And this is the one thing I said about the Mike Mitchell play from last week is, and it's it's very similar to these two, the Jordy Nelson play and this play, when you lead with your helmet, you're putting yourself so much more at risk of getting hurt yourself. Whereas it, when, like, if you, uh, I don't think we have the video of the Redskin guy, but if you were to see it, He's not getting hurt how he's hitting Crabtree. He's just not because he doesn't launch. He, his head's completely out of the way, and it's just a shoulder. Like he, he's not going to get hurt that way. Whereas at the same time, he could have just as easily launched, led with his head, and messed up his own head, messed up his own neck, um, hitting a guy on the ribs, hitting, any, hitting, hitting a receiver anywhere else when he leaves with a crown of his helmet. For sure. But.
0: All right, last one we got is the Richard Sherman hit. Uh, out of bounds on Marcus Mariota and this one got me all sorts of fired up. We got a video of this one that yeah. we'll post in the show notes. Uh Josh, you want to take us through this one?
1: So it was one of so uh Mariota's running running quarterback obviously he runs around all the time. So uh early in the game he was just scrambling around, uh broken play and he's clearly going out of bounds and he's engaged, I would call it, with another defender. Who's taking him out. Yes, who's guiding him and almost has him wrapped up and going out of bounds. And Sherman comes, we'll say out of nowhere, but he he's he wasn't directly involved in the play. And he launches himself. Well, I mean, Mario's probably a step out of bounds at this point, And hits Mario in the head, hits his own guy in the head, and then just chaos ensues. One of the offensive linemen for the Titans comes over and, of course, it was, was on the it was on side tight sideline. Side so it became a brig. It wasn't a brawl, but it was a, a scuffle, a gathering, right. a gathering. I would say.
0: Yeah. So there's a a couple things that I took from this one. Number one, he took his own guy at the same time. Like if you see your own guy, they're going out of bounds. Like there's no attempt to like yeah go back in. He's a quarterback. He's the, like, yeah he, quarterbacks don't yep. you know <laughs> they, they want to go out of bounds. Yes, like, they don't want to get hit. Right. So you're putting your own teammate at at risk. He clearly led with his head. And in clearly leading with his head, I noticed that he's no longer wearing the Vice's helmet that we talked about in the first week, which is he's an endorser of this helmet. He's like the main guy, like the main spokesperson for this Vice's helmet.
1: He has a a stake in it. He's like a part owner of
0: it. Yeah, and now he's back to the Rydell Speed. So in my head, it's like, well – If you're a stakeholder in this company and you don't even believe in it, then, like, why should everyone else believe in it? So that's something to look out for to see, you know, maybe some other players.
1: But, like, this play is the perfect example of – I think we talked about it the first week on the podcast. This play is the perfect example of, yes, not only did he do a lot of stuff wrong in the play, but it's a perfect example of a situation or a scenario where – for his whole life, he's been taught play through the whistle, play through the whistle, play through the whistle. And it's just, it's to the nth degree where he's just taking it past the line of, if we can get these guys to realize, like, like you said, he's he's obviously going out of bounds, like the play's over. But at the same time, like on film, there's, it has the potential to look like he was I, low I, I, I was, I was given up on the play, which right. you got to find a way to get away from somehow.
0: I, I hear you on that. Uh, the other thing is too. When I think back to like when I played football, the quarterback of the other of the opposing team always has like a bullseye on him. He's like usually always. the best player. Yeah, but like when the you know when your coaches talk about him, like it's not that you want to like go out and hurt them. You yeah. want to you want your presence to be known by them yeah. is what well, it, it makes a
1: difference. A lot of times it does make it makes a difference.
0: Right, but in, in my head it's like when you see a quarterback running up the sideline, like that bullseye that is yeah. maybe like small when yeah. you're far,
1: far away in yeah. the secondary is yeah. now this yeah. huge target. And not that you're specifically trying to hurt him. Right. But at the same time, if you put a good hit on him, it's going to have, it might have some effects later on in the game. Yeah, he'll remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So maybe that's another thing for coaches. If you're trying to make the game safer and you're trying to preserve the game to not put a target or not talk about the opposing quarterback in a way that puts a target on yeah. on him. For sure. Uh, the other thing, last point about this one, is the offsetting fouls thing. So, because of the scuffle that ensued after this hit, there's offsetting fouls and basically nothing happened. There's no, you know, there's nothing came of that hit. Yeah. There, so, there's no punishment. So,
1: the offensive the offensive lineman for the Titans came in and, like, pushed Sherman, basically, for hitting his quarterback late. So, he was just... Standing up for his quarterback, so their offensive lineman got a penalty also. So basically, the fouls cancel each other out. So yeah, it's. I mean. Yeah, it's a dumb. It's to probably me, that's a dumb rule, yes
0: Dude, because.
1: I mean, the only way you're gonna get around that is if you make. Not even because technically the Titans foul is an unnecessary roughness foul. It's the same name. It's the same penalty as the Sherman foul. So it's not like okay. Uh, unnecessary roughness trumps it's like unnecessary rough roughness will trump a holding it'll trump an offside right well
0: maybe that's a thing maybe we need to increase the precedence of an illegal hit you know like a or a hit on i don't know you know what i mean like yeah. call it something different to give it higher precedence. so like a late hit or
1: a helmet to helmet hit is gonna something
0: yeah but I'm just saying like
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. It
0: is if you don't give it a higher. It's a worse penalty.
1: It's a worse like it's a worse not a worse penalty, it's a worse play. Like the what Sherman did was a lot worse than what Taylor Luan did. And what the hell did Taylor Luan even do? He just like came in and pushed him. Got in his face, yeah. yeah. He didn't throw a punch in yeah.
0: I mean to me, like Sherman freaking deserved more the than that. Late. he yeah. deserved to get punched in the face if you ask me. Yeah. But all right. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, talk about the Von Miller thing. This yeah, is fun- this one's good. This is actually funny.
0: Uh, yeah. So Von Miller on Sportsman like pretending like he was gonna help Tyrod Taylor off the ground, and then kind of did the old like yeah. hair hair flip.
1: Yeah. So this is your middle school like oh high five oh too slow so and but that the the problem was so this was the Broncos were down seven with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and the. the Von Miller had pressure, and Tyrod Taylor threw an incomplete pass to make it like a third down. So the Broncos could have easily gotten the ball back. So Miller tackles Tyrod Taylor. Not a late hit, not a rugged pass or anything. Clean, Clean hit and as Tyrod Taylor is going to get up, Von Miller's standing over top of him and puts his hand down like he's going to help him up. Like you see a lot of times. And once once Taylor tries to grab his hand, he takes his hand away. The worst part is they're both clearly laughing at each other. Right. Like so what I read today was they they both they're both in the same draft class. So they both came in the league at the same time. So they're they're not like best friends, but they they're friendly. And like same with all these guys. Like at this point in time in the NFL, Everybody knows each other. It's not like it was 30 years ago. These guys are all, for the most part, friendly with one another, especially the Broncos and the Bills who play each other once every two, three years. So they're clearly laughing at each other. And the, re- and the ref turns around and sees it and throws, throws a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct Yeah. for a 15-yard penalty. So the Bills got automatic first down, and they went on and ended up kicking a field goal to make a 10-point game.
0: Which is so ridiculous. You know, it was. It was – but to me, like, if you want to make the game safer and, like, people complain about, oh, like, the game's getting soft or this or that. Like, to call to throw a flag on something like that, which is, like, purely, like, comedic. Yeah. Like, you're taking all the fun out of the game. Yeah. Like, I think there should be more of that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, the harmless, like, just yes. poking jabs, like, just kidding around kind yeah. of stuff. And, like, even go back to the touchdown celebrations, like, to make that more – Yeah. Of a part of the game and don't penalize that and yes. like the, the emotions and stuff, like that makes it entertaining. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna quote unquote take entertainment value away from the game from a hits perspective, which I'm obviously on board for yeah. to make the game safer, then lighten up on some of the other stuff that r- doesn't have any effect on player safety and if anything, makes the game more fun for the players and to watch.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where to me, it's like you're, you get to you get to see the human side of these guys like they have personalities and they're I mean they're not regular people but I mean they're not robots and like a, a penalty like that is tries to make the guys solely this is your job you're a football player don't do anything else right which is just takes your identity yeah, away it's from kind you, of silly. Yeah. like Bob Miller's great in the old spike spice commercials right let him have some fun yeah
0: not hurting anybody I'm with you dude I feel you on that one uh, okay, last point of discussion uh, for today's episode is uh, Richard Sherman on en- on the NFL injury report. So Richard Sherman getting a lot of uh, FaceTime today on the on the on the podcast. Um, can you explain kind of what he was saying in that article? Yeah. So
1: basically, he had a, his weekly press conference when he had his media availability last week. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, and he was questionable last week with a, I think it was a hamstring. Um, So he was basically being asked about whether he was going to play or not this week, and it just led – he just took it a completely different direction and took it to to where he took it. But um, we have a link to his um, press conference where he basically said everything he said. But he said, yeah, I'm fully planning on playing this week. I have no intentions of not playing. The only reason why you guys think I'm not playing is because I'm questionable on the injury report. And he basically went on to say, why is there injury reports? Like there's injury reports because the people in Vegas and the gamblers need to know what the line needs to be. So, because the, the the point of the I mean, football gambling is probably the biggest set subset of gambling from a professional sport aspect. Okay, more money is gambled on football than any other sport. Um, and the point of the point spread is to make it so there's going to be an even amount of money on both sides. That's how Vegas. Makes money off of it or not, they would just lose lose money. That wouldn't be smart. So in order to set an accurate spread, they kind of need to know if Richard Sherman's going to play or not. He's the best player on the Seahawks defense. If Richard Sherman's not going to play, that might move the point spread a little bit. Um, so Richard Sherman basically came out and said the only reason why we have injury reports is because Vegas um, and for gambling reasons. And the NFL has for years come out and said they don't endorse it. It's not a gambling league. They don't have anything to do with Vegas. This and this and this. Um, and they're all hands off uh when it comes to that but we're determined saying this is the only reason why we have an injury report if it wasn't for gambling why why do I need to who who needs to know if I'm playing or not this week you know which like what he said made a made a lot of sense you know um i mean years ago there were teams like the patriots who would just list every guy they had on, on the injury report before they started cracking down a little bit i mean they would list 25 guys as questionable
0: but cracking down? Why? Because the opposing team was like yeah. trying to prepare for. Yeah.
1: Because basically they would they would have guys that they knew were weren't even injured or weren't gonna were obviously gonna play that they had no intention of not playing and they'd put them on the injury report.
0: Yeah, I know the. I think there's like a Sports Illustrated commentary on this exact issue. Some some of the commentators made a pretty good point, which is like I think the NFL's response to this idea was that. The injury report is to help the clubs like help help each other out. Yeah, no, yeah, but and then the, he, then one of the guys made a a statement about how the NFL is like they're so reactionary. Like yeah. They never set precedence on like anything. Yeah.
1: So they kind of have themselves to blame on that one. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's just so accurate from what Richard Sherman says, and it's. The NFL again to me it's just they they twist everything to make it sound like something that sounds good to people you know but yeah the real reason why they put injury reports out is maybe ten percent that teams know um, who might not be playing and who is going to be playing and who they need to the game plan for but ninety percent is for Vegas and it's for fantasy football that's where a lot of the money that's where a lot of money is coming from so it just it's I mean hockey I think hockey does it. Hockey does a really good job with it. I mean, hockey guys, they either have an upper body injury or a lower body injury. It could be your toe or it could be your finger. I mean, it's upper body or lower body. They don't need to put a time frame on it. They don't need to know if they're probable, questionable, doubtful. They don't need to put anything like that. You find out an hour before the game if they're in the lineup or not. I don't know why football doesn't – there's not nearly as much money bet on hockey, hockey you're saying, yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, but – the, the whole injury report thing in the NFL is it's uh it's very it's a very interesting interesting topic. I don't know, I don't know if it has it I don't think it has any direct real correlation to player safety, but it's just another really interesting point um where like you said the NFL could be a leader uh, and be a step ahead of all these um issues, but instead it's like Let's pretend that we don't recognize it and let's hope that no one else recognizes it and see how long we can get away with it for. And then when someone does recognize it, let's just kind of see how we can dance around it so it doesn't sound as bad as it is.
0: Which to me is just like terrible leadership. Like,
1: It's just another example of something like us sitting here doing what we're doing, thinking about them doing what they're doing in a multi-billion dollar industry and us thinking like, how can you not have smarter people that can be ahead of these things you know right like you said it's all it's all reactionary and it's all it's all public perception too
0: well hopefully our voice will reach someone's ears in the NFL and it'll they'll cut us off make a difference. we'll be done
1: by week seven <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was a good way to end it Josh alright thanks guys see you next week